0: Let us pray. O Lord, you have come to dwell among your people. Thank you for upholding us with your justice and holiness. We are weary and sorrowful, filled with resentment and despair. Satisfy us with the food of your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear fellow redeemed, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is from the book of Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, beginning at the 23rd verse. Please rise in Jesus' name. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, They shall again use this speech in the land of Judah and in its cities when I bring back their captivity. The Lord bless you, O home of justice and mountain of holiness. And there shall dwell in Judah itself and in all its cities together, farmers and those going out with flocks. For I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. God promised Abraham that the land of Canaan would be given to his descendants as their inheritance. And while Abraham's grandson and great-grandsons lived in Egypt, they settled and began to grow into a great nation, filling that land so that the Pharaoh enslaved them and oppressed them for fear. And then under the guidance of Moses, the descendants of Abraham traveled through the wilderness from Egypt until they came to the promised land. And Moses' successor Joshua led them on their campaign to conquer Canaan. Trouble came up every step along the way, of course. Even Abraham sinned by lying and committing adultery and by doubting God's promise. After Israel finally settled in the promised land, they repeated a cycle of disobedience so that God had to rescue them again and again. They demanded a king, ultimately, and the nation reached a high point under David and then his son Solomon. But then trouble came again, and the nation was divided, split in two. For centuries after... Judah in the south and Israel in the north cycled into idolatry, especially Israel, until the two nations were both together taken into captivity in Babylon. Jeremiah was the prophet during those final days and through the period of exile that Babylon took the people away. Jeremiah prophesied warning about these judgments of God as well as hope. Even when God disciplined his people in their exile, he was training them to trust in him. Jesus entered willingly into such discipline when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights in the desert and was tempted by the devil. And the lesson for the people of God, the lesson that Jesus had perfectly, was as he said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. God always intended to keep his promise, to give blessing to his people. And when the blessing was not immediately apparent so that the people might doubt whether they had it, they had to cry out to God. They had to worship him and believe in him and listen for his word. God trained his people in patience until he restored blessing to them. In a symbolic way, the restoration of Israel to the promised land prefigured your restoration to the eternal promised land. Babylon held God's people captive, but St. John saw in a vision, thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. And then he saw the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Have faith, therefore, that God restores blessing to his people. He dwells in their land. Think about this in terms of the third commandment. You shall keep the day of rest holy. We confess in the words of Luther's small catechism that this means we should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Because Israel had not kept this commandment, they were condemned into exile because, and the blessing of the commandment was taken away from them. But God's promise remained that one day they would Keep the day of rest holy when he kept it in them. We understand this still in our future when God himself will be with us and will be our God in the eternal heavenly mansions. But even in exile, God was with his people. They could call on him in bondage as they had in Egypt when God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. But in this, they always waited for the fulfillment when he would bring back their captivity. And notice what the blessing is when this restoration is done. The blessing that's spoken is, The Lord bless you, O home of justice and mountain of holiness. Justice and holiness are attributes of God alone. Only God is just. Only God is holy. No one can have these things if God is not present. In fact, to call it the home of justice and mountain of holiness is to call it the home of the Lord, the mountain of the Lord. The land is just and the mountain is holy because God is there. Isaiah also saw this in a vision. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. What you should see here depicted in this vision is the temple. That's the home that dwells on the mountain where justice and holiness are present from God. Think of a nation in exile away from the temple. The sacrifices can't be offered. Regular public worship is impossible. The name of God was not regularly being pronounced upon the people in blessing. How much they might have yearned to hear the blessing of Aaron. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. But Jeremiah says that they will hear this blessing again. This was fulfilled when God brought the nation in back and rebuilt Israel, but only in part. The temple of stone was not the true temple. It was absolutely fulfilled when Jesus came. He is the true temple. He is God on earth. His name is the only name given among men by which we must be saved. He accomplished blessing by coming to his house, by going to the mountain, by dying there, and in that death, becoming the stone which the builders rejected, and therefore the chief cornerstone. And on that stone, he built his church. He died, and he was restored to life. And now his people follow that same pattern. We die, and we are restored to new, eternal life. In the song Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell, she sings the refrain, Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Let the lesson of Israel be taught to you, don't make the same mistake. Know what you got before it's gone. Where is it that you hear these words of blessing, the blessing of Aaron? It's repeated at the end of each of our divine services. Where the word is preached and sacraments are administered in the house of the Lord, the home of justice and the mountain of holiness. Here, justice is meted out because sin was punished in Jesus and you are given forgiveness in his name. God's holiness is given to you on the mountaintops of the gospel preached and the gospel in bread and wine. Rest. Is the outcome. And there shall dwell in Judah itself and in all its cities together, farmers and those going out with flocks. It's an idyllic scene. Here he satiates the weary souls. This is depicted in Revelation 2. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. This is the perfect promise fulfilled in terms of the third commandment that you shall keep the day of rest holy. You shall, you will keep that day of rest holy on the last day. In Babylon, the people were somewhat forced to rest. From their regular labor, they couldn't be farmers or shepherds in Babylon. But when they were restored from captivity, they would be restored to a blessed fusion of their labor and rest. And there shall dwell in Judah itself and in all its cities together, farmers and those going out with flocks. Labor, you remember, was cursed because of sin. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. But the labor now would no longer be cursed, but it would be a blessed and restful sort of work, the most rewarding sort of work imaginable. Now, in terms of heaven, people sometimes satirize it and think it will be boring as though we're just going to be sitting on clouds playing our harps all the time. No, no, there will be plenty for us to do in heaven, never bored and never cursed in the work that we do. Jeremiah depicts some of this, farming and shepherding, both highly meaningful sorts of work, both providing fruit for sacrifice in the divine service of Israel, shown in perfection when the people of God are restored. And consider also these two roles of farmers and shepherds. The idea that these dwell together in Judah and in its cities is significant in the history of mankind. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Their conflict is infamous, but in the restoration, the brothers live together in peace. This is a peace that comes out of God's holiness and the peace he makes with us. His rest is given. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So because we're reconciled to God, we can also be reconciled to one another. Living in forgiveness together, we live in glory together. All together we join in the multitude before God, having been fed by his glorious gifts, and we sing, salvation belongs to our God and who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. We sing this because we receive it. Sin is our exile, but God's promise endures through this time of exile. He feeds us in our wilderness, travels with his grace, sustaining us until we get to the restoration. He feeds us with His Word. He feeds us with baptism. He feeds us with the body and blood of Jesus. He feeds us with forgiveness in the hands of pastors. You shall keep the day of rest holy. We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and His Word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. It's a commandment, but there is promise. God gives you His means of grace to give you this rest. You have this rest here and now in this life. And you will have it in full on the last day when Jesus returns and restores eternal blessing to his people. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.